and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's Friday, March 10th, 3.05 p.m. on this beautiful, sunny Friday afternoon. A little breeze outside, about 15 miles per hour right now, actually, coming from the northeast. Our, our wind velocity meter is working. Looks like our temperature gauge is still having some problems, but I imagine it's in the mid-80s outside right now. As the campus empties out after a long week of school, actually a short week, only four days, but long week as far as work goes. I'm glad you could be with us today. We're broadcasting high top the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, KHMG, 88.1 FM, Barragata, Guam. Glad you could be with us today. It's a great day. Going to miss Lawrence Nangas today. He's getting on a plane any moment to fly to Thailand for a little little spring break mini vacation. I am happy for him, yet I am struggling with jealousy right now, as some of you might be also now that you've heard where he's going to be. But have no fear. We will still have this day in history because, because Sebastian is going to cover for Lawrence. We do that for each other. We cover for one another. That's what we do because we're a team. We're a broadcast team, really almost a broadcasting empire here at KHMG. Me and Sebastian and Chris and Lawrence. So glad you could be with us today. Already having some fun. Live Till 5 is intended to be a little bit lightweight, a little little opportunity for you to laugh a little bit, be educated about maybe some things that are happening in the world around us, community events as well. Sometimes we interview folks up here. Sometimes we talk about silly stuff. Sometimes we talk about serious stuff. Talk about this day in history, some stories that we find in the news that we call stranger than fiction, topics of the day. We talk about idioms, have some famous quotes in there. Of course, the ever famous bumper music, which I know is why half of you tune in just to see what kind of bumper music we're going to play. So this is our Guava Jam opening song that we play every week. And out of the 207 episodes, the Guava Jam has been our opening theme for over half of them. So uh, it brings a sense of familiarity to your Friday afternoon. So half a day to all you students who are driving home right now in your cars. And I had some students this week tell me that they turn on the radio on their way home on Fridays and they hear the show and they like it. Now, those students happen to be in my class and they're looking for a good grade. So it's possible that they are just being kind, but I'll take it. You know, if you ever miss part of the show, you can tune in Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m., when we rebroadcast the show in its entirety right here on KHMG 88.1 FM. You can also go to our website, khmg.org, khmg.org. That's our website, where you can find a podcast version of this show, as well as many other really great programs that we produce right here locally in Guam at Harvest Family Radio, including Building Great Leaders with Dr. Les Olala, Living Redemptively with Dr. Doug McLaughlin, and uh, Harvest Echoes, and um, oh boy, we have like three or four of the programs, Harvest Harvest uh, Time, and um, of course, Chris Harper's afternoon program from one to three, and uh, Chris has a little bit of cold today, so we had a rebroadcast, but we will be hearing from him later in the show. Once the hub has delivered his nice hot drink, his voice will be back to its uh, 
normal beauty, and we'll be able to have him on the show as well. Hey, Wanda mentioned something that's coming up in the community. I'll talk about it in the second hour more. But the Ballet Magnificat will be uh, here on Guam in April, 6 p.m., April 1st. And that'll be over at Mercy Heights. $20 general admission ticket. Now, you might be like, Pastor Jared, I cannot believe that you're promoting ballet. I did not know you were a fan. Well, I've got to tell you that this ballet is a Christian ballet company. And they are doing a ballet, Ruth and the Arrival. And it is a modern retelling of the biblical story of Ruth. And it's very classically done, very modest, very entertaining. And you can look up the clip online. You can look up Ballet Magnificat, and uh, you can actually watch a clip of this. And we'll be putting out a little link uh, for our local listeners to uh, a YouTube promo of the ballet itself. But it's going to be really neat. And they're going to be performing a, a ballet here on the Harvest Campus as well for our students. So... Talking about that. In the second hour, I'm going to talk a little bit more about ballet. Had to educate myself a little bit on ballet. So I have the most famous ballets of all time we're going to be talking about in the second hour. So it's a great day. Maybe you're listening to us in the car on the radio dial. Glad you're with us as you're running errands or heading home from school or practice. Some of you might be running errands on Saturday or coming home from church on Sunday night. Glad you're with us as well. Some people listen on their computers through khmg.org. There's a way to listen live there, a couple different ways. You just go to the website and give you a few different options for ways to listen in real time. And so however you're listening to us, why are you listening to us, we're glad that you are with us today because uh, every time we do this, every single week, we just have a great time. And um, we enjoy being able to entertain you and edify you and educate you a little bit. And we hope that uh, this show is a blessing to you. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to have Harvest Highlights during this break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to uh, our wingmen, Sebastian and Chris, and we're going to be playing What's in My Coffee when the hub brings up our drink. So stick around a little more live till 5 after Harvest Highlights and this short break. KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, every day on Harvest Highlights, heard at 7.20 a.m. and 3.20 p.m. weekdays, we bring you an update on what's happening around Harvest Ministries, things happening at Harvest Christian Academy, Harvest Baptist Church, Harvest Baptist Bible College, and even the occasional item uh, from Harvest Family Radio as well. This will be our last Harvest Highlights before spring break. Next week, all of our students at Harvest Christian Academy will have the week off and we'll be taking the week off Harvest Highlights as well. Here is our final list of students of the week at Harvest Christian Academy. Before the break, Frank in K-4, Prubod, Roy and Amber, K-5, Elizabeth in first grade, second grade students of the week, Braden and Kyla, and in third grade, Kaylina and Valen. And now one interview on today's Harvest Highlights from Eureka. I'm here with the student of the week in Mrs. Lovemo's third grade class. And what is your name? Eureka. Eureka. Yeah. Hey, it's nice to meet you. You have a good name. I like your name. Do you know my name? 
Mr. Sebastian. Oh, you got it. All right. What is your favorite drink? Um, iced tea. Iced tea, sweetened or not sweetened? Sweetened. Yes, good. I like it too, sweetened. Probably because I'm addicted to sugar, right? Yeah. Are you addicted to sugar? Yes. All right. Well, you might want to carve that addiction because it's not good to be addicted to sugar. Um, secondly, what do you like to do out here at recess time? I like to play with my friends. What do you like to play? Um, I like to play with Claire. With Claire? Yeah. What do you guys do? We play with a tree. Yes, you guys play with a tree. <laughs> as long as you don't climb him, though, right? Nope. Good. He might not be too nice if you start climbing. Yeah. All right, well, what is your favorite weather? Um, sunny. Sunny? How about temperature? Cold. Cold and sunny? Yeah. Ah, yes. My favorite. What do you like to do when you go home? I like to play with my toys. Toys? Alright. Okay. Well, last question. Do you know what you want to be when you get older? I want to be a teacher. A teacher? Alright. What kind of teacher? Um, art teacher. Art teacher? Alright. I love art. That, that actually is composed of multiple things. That can be English, the language arts. That could be painting and drawing that kind of art it could be musical arts um musical arts musical ah musical nice can you play any instruments piano <laughs> you're already better than me i can't play any instruments so <laughs> well hey i hope you i hope you do good on that so that's all i really wanted to ask you did you want to say hi to anyone hi mom oh mom i hope she's listening hey that's all i needed from you so I hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Bye. Just one more item on Harvest Highlights today, and that is an invite to services this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church. We begin at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning with children's programs and adult Bible fellowships. And then our regular morning worship service is at 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning. And in the evening, we have our family Bible hour, 6 p.m. at Harvest Baptist Church and everyone is welcome. Well, my name is Chris Harper, and this is KHMG. This is KHMG 88.1 FM Harvest Family Radio. We believe the invitation into God's family is extended to everyone. That's why we preach a message of hope and compassion 24 hours a day on KHMG. With a little more live till five, it's three seventeen p.m. Friday, March tenth. And glad that you could be with us today. It's our two hundred and seventh episode. 
I notice I have this annoying habit of saying, believe it or not, every time I say something large like that. So I'm not going to say that this time, but usually I say, believe it or not. That must be a cultural thing for me. Maybe my grandparents. I don't know. Ultimately, don't, it's just a reflection of your personality. It could be. It could be. Ultimately. Ultimately, which <laughs> I try not to say very often either, especially on Sundays. <laughs> so, yes. So... We uh we are going to play a little what's in my coffee because we're joined in studio a rare a rare public sighting of Joe Sarney <laughs> who does not normally come on the radio because he is he is a guy usually behind the camera not in front of the mic exactly so but for a free drink even even he is uh, everyone I guess can be bought eventually and so Joe's uh, <laughs> Joe's price tag is one drink from the hub it didn't take much <laughs> I know. It didn't. So uh, let's let's uh, let's play a little. What's in my coffee? So this segment's brought to us by the Hub, Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore, the best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, Christian music, books, gifts, including the largest selection of Yankee candles in all of the hinterland. I like it a lot. Not the hinterland. I don't like that at all. I go there every day. The Hub. So let's play a little. What's in my coffee? Now we each have a drink in front of us, and for those listening at home. We each have a drink that's been provided to us at no cost whatsoever. As long as we give a shameless self-promotion to the hub, we don't have to pay anything for these drinks. We've been doing this for like 200 episodes. It was the most brilliant thing I ever thought of. There's no cost? There's no cost. Huh. And uh, it is to anyone <laughs> the, the else. The cost to them is the drinks. Well, yes. And the benefit to In exchange for the free advertising. And so we are going to take a sip from our drinks. We all have different drinks. And we're going to try and describe for the audience at home what we think we're drinking. Now, we don't know the names of our drinks. Uh, Sometimes they'll put like our initials on it. Like mine says PJ. So uh, I'm actually drinking this in my pajamas, actually. Um, Chris's says CH, which could be full of CNH pure cane sugar. And then uh, number three and four there are Joe's and... uh, and Sebastian. So this is what we'll do. We'll we'll take a drink, we'll try and describe it, and then we'll do the big reveal of what the drinks actually are. And so we'll start with Chris, who has a cold. So if yeah. he sounds a little more baritone than normal, it's because of his cold. Yes. So I have, uh, and I, I think I've dra- uh, described it this way before, but this is the, the taste of comfort. Uh, mm. It's like they knew I had a cold and that I needed something that was just comforting and soothing. They're a very compassionate group down there. They are compassionate, yes. And so this, uh, you know what, I didn't even take a drink. I better make sure that this is real. Yeah, yeah. Liquid comfort? <laughs> yes, it is. What it's, do you think, it, what, what would you say it is? It's got to be a mocha. It's got to be a mocha, which a mocha is a chocolate espresso type drink. So if you like yes. caffeine, coffee taste, but you also like chocolate, it's a dark chocolate syrup, I believe, that goes in that. Yes, they, they updated their... You, I almost said syrup, just like you did, but they're syrup. They, uh, the I, syrup? syrup. The like syrup. maple syrup. Wow, dude. Maple I almost syrup. said that because it was just mimicking you. I almost said <laughs> well, you syrup. Know, they updated their syrup. syrup. And, uh, and it actually tastes pretty good. Like First, I couldn't tell the difference, but then after I had a couple, I could tell that they've that they've changed mm. it a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah, it is good. And it's a darker chocolate, yeah. like you said. And yeah. I like the dark chocolate. Mm. When you describe it, it makes chocolate. me want to get one, actually. I, I pretty it's much great always get these. Yeah. yeah. Because I can't handle it. It's hard them. when you walk in there. Fancy if there's things. something you like, it's hard to go for something that's unknown. I walk in there bravely right. thinking I'm going to get something different. 
And then I always order one of the same three things. Oh, that's all the exactly time. what I do. Yeah, it's <laughs> like exactly I'm gonna I get a. Hmm, I stand there five minutes and I get the exact same thing. They could have already started making the drink for me. I've they, even done, they know what I'm gonna order. I've even <laughs> done this number before where Jeremy will say, uh, "You want a mocha?" You know, and then I'll be like, "No, I'm gonna." Uh, Branch out a little a bit as he's yeah. making it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Just sure. Like here you go. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. All right, Sebastian. Uh, yours. Uh, so Chris's was a hot drink. Uh, Sebastian, yours is a cold drink from the condensation on the cup. It's the same color the exactly as your shirt. Oh wow! It's a salmon it's color. Salmon. Yes. Yeah, it's salmon. Yeah, I was salmon. called a salmon earlier. Salmon. Today. It does. It looks just like your shirt. I mean, seriously, hold it up to your shirt. I can't even see your drink right now. Oh, man. So, what does it taste like? Is it salmon flavor? Uh, no. Okay. Unfortunately. It well, it actually tastes like, um, I either think strawberry mancy or mango mancy. Okay. Or, which is calamansi with a mm-hmm. different fruit mm-hmm. splash. Mm-hmm. So, I'm thinking it's Carbonated. It's not carbonated. Is it? No? No? No, no carbonation. No. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, either strawberry or... Probably with the pink, might be strawberry with calamansi. Yeah, if it was carbonated, it might, might have been like a fruit splash, but it's, okay. that's not the Okay, case. all right. So it's like a calamansi, like a lemonade with strawberry in it. So, okay. Yes. Joe, you have drink number four. I see a little cool drink up on top. Four. Obviously, yeah. it's a cold uh, blended drink. What does it taste like? Well, um, definitely a hint of coffee in here and uh, chocolate. So would that that's a mocha, right? Could be. Could be like a, a blended. Frap. Like frap. A little frap. Bit of, yeah. Yeah, frap. Okay. All right. But Great. And now good. I'm gonna take a drink of mine here for the listening audience enjoyment. Let's see. Uh, as I was saying during the break, my palate is confused. I know it's sugar free because these people care more about my pancreas than I do, which I appreciate. Uh, it it it's definitely coffee and. Uh, cream, like a half and half type product, and a sugar free caramel. Do you guys say caramel or caramel? Caramel. Caramel. Okay, so uh, caramel or caramel. And um, Joe, you okay there? Take a drink of Sebastian's salmon <laughs> salmon smoothie. Um, I think this might be a cold brew with some sugar free caramel and some cream. Could be cold brew. So the big reveal now for those listening at home, playing along with us, uh, there is there are still 36 minutes left in the coffee shops uh, hours for this week. So if you want to go by there, you can get any one of these drinks and ask for the ones that were given to us, and definitely lets them know that. And then we we'll were... bring them down, and you can have the rest. This is the first time I just pulled a Lawrence nagging gas. I actually said exactly what my drink is, and that rarely happens, Lawrence. Knows his drink. He's like the drink whisperer. He can walk into a room and say, oh, I sense in that dark cup that there is a, I got it exactly right. Sugar-free caramel cold brew. Ding, ding, ding. Wow. Nice um, a hot mocha. That's Chris's nickname go. and his drink. Strawberry calamansi, <laughs> Sebastian. Yes. And it. a Kona mocha is what you have. That's a Kona mocha frap, I yeah. believe. What's yeah. a Kona mocha? Kona would be, uh, it's, it's specifically like a Hawaiian coffee blend. So Kona is a Hawaiian coffee. It's a Hawaiian location, but it's Hawaiian coffee. So, yeah, great. Man, we, I think we all got our drinks right. Yay for us. Fantastic. We are really good at this. So I, I pretty much got us. it right. Yeah. Well, uh, since I have you guys all on the air, then you guys can sit through my uh, 
next segment, and then you can just comment in as much or as little as you would like for the next five minutes before we take another break. Did you know today is uh, International Bagpipe Day? Oh. Yeah. And so in honor that. of International Bagpipe Day, I'm going to play some bagpipe music behind all the other things that are happening in the month of March. So actually listen to a uh, uh, NPR broadcast all about the Jacobite revolt. Wow. The Jacobites. It's a that Scottish sounds awesome. Thing. I would love yeah. that. So today is National, International, not National, International Bagpipe Day. Today is International Day of Awesomeness. Of course it is. Landline Telephone Day. That's going to go away. Mario Day. Middle Name Pride Day. What's your middle name, Chris? Scott. What's your middle name? Colbert. Really? Yeah. What's your middle name? <laughs> really? Uh, Robert. Robert? Kind of like Colbert, but... Robert, like your cousins, and I, my middle name's Michael. So, hey, celebrate your middle name. Uh, let's see. Uh, National Blueberry Popover Day. I could use one of those. National Pack Your Lunch Day with a blueberry popover. Uh, let's see here. Salvation Army Day. I, that, I wish I would have done a little more research on that. U.S. Paper Money Day. World Sleep Day is also today. Tomorrow is International Fanny Pack Day. Just saying. Uh, I don't have one. I, I actually I might I might actually have one. I use it when I go hiking. They so, are useful, but they are. also embarrassing. Right. <laughs> so you sling it over your shoulder so no one knows that you're yeah. actually carrying a fanny pack and it's a shoulder pack. <laughs> International Listening Awareness Month, International Mirth Month, Irish American Heritage Month, Kidney Month, Mad for Plaid Month, haha, with bagpipes. This must be like a Scottish Irish month in general here. Uh Ooh. Middle Level Education Month, Music in Our Schools Month, National Athletic Trainers, National Caffeine Awareness. We're celebrating that right now. Mm-hmm. Celery Month, Cheerleading Safety Month. Be careful out there. Chronic Fatigue Syndrome Awareness Month, Clean Up Your IRS Act Month, Color Therapy, Craft, Development Disability Awareness Month, Essential Tremor Awareness Month, Ethics Awareness, Eye Donor. Eye Donor. Whoa. Um... Flower and flower, like flower, like what you bake cakes out of, and flower, like what you give uh, to your mother on Mother's Day. And Frozen Foods Month, believe it or not. American Nurses Association Week is this week, uh, along with Brain Awareness. Campfire USA Birthday Weeks Week. Uh, Let's see. The world's largest dog show, Crufts, in Birmingham, England, is this weekend. Girl Scout Week. Houston Livestock <laughs> Show and Rodeo, if any of you are going to that. Indiana Flower and Patio Show. In Houston? Maybe. We have listeners all over the world. We're on the internet. National Agriculture Week. Hey, you know, don't bring reality to the situation. People, people love Rodeo and Guam. <laughs> That's it's right. Like one of the That's things. That's right. Yeah. So, but, you know, the thing that led it all off was that it is uh, International Bagpipe. It, it didn't say International Bagpipe Awareness Week like it's some kind of disease that you have to like be aware of. It's just International <laughs> Bagpipe Week. And I think I'm going to finish this segment, the last 15 seconds out, with this music. Guys, thanks for uh, chiming in on that. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, more Live Till 5 after this.
And we're back with a little more Live Till 5 Friday, March 10th, 3.32 p.m. in the afternoon, if you're listening live. We've been having a little fun here on the air with you all. Thank you for tuning in. Some of you are listening on the radio, 88.1 FM, here locally in Guam. But you can always listen online. Go to khmg.org. That's our call sign, khmg.org. Number of different ways to listen, whether you want to listen live in real time or you want to listen to a podcast, a pre recorded broadcast. We'd love for you to tune in that way. You can also contact us through Facebook, Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. Like us, leave us a comment. We really appreciate it. Every time we hear from someone, we get a, uh, a number of likes. Chris will upload like a recent um, uh, Harvest Time or a recent uh, Live Till Five, or he'll, he'll put up a a little promotion for something that we're going to be airing on one of our programs with Building Great Leaders or something, and we'll get a lot of thumbs up on those, and we really do appreciate it. We like to know that you are listening because radio can be kind of a one-way communication. We don't have any electronic device here that tells us how many people are tuning in. We can see how many people are on our website and listening online, but we have no way to know how many people are listening over the airwaves. There's no science with that. We can't anyway know it except for anecdotal evidence hearing back from you listeners so please let us know you're listening we love to hear from you 3 34 p.m friday march 10th catch us on the rebound saturdays noon to two sunday night 7 to 9 p.m if you ever miss part of the show tune in on saturdays and sundays now as we continue on with the show, we're going to be talking about a number of different things. I had some things I didn't get to talk about last week. And our theme today is kind of arts and entertainment. I'm going to be talking about ballet in the second hour, including Ballet Magnificat, which will be coming to Guam early April. But I want to get the word out now because the tickets are already for sale down in the hub. And uh, you can buy your tickets there, cash or check. It's Christian Ballet Troupe. We'll be talking about ballet a little bit um, uh, in just a little while. But... Before we do that, I do want to go to one of my favorite segments of the show, besides the segment where I get the free drink, of course, which is a lot of fun. But this one is really a, a great segment. Been doing this for six months. It's called The Buck Stops Here. Words of wisdom from the desks and walls of many a famous American, whether they be scientists, politicians, presidents, Scholars, theologians, barons of industry. Today is no exception. This little plaque that said, The only way around a problem is through it. Is on the desk of Kurt Meyer. Maybe you've never heard of Kurt Meyer. But he was a very famous marriage counselor. And he had this on his desk and I won't go through all of his history and everything like I do with most but I just thought it was very interesting that as a marriage counselor a famous marriage counselor and author he had a sign on his desk that said the only way around a problem is through it and his field is marriage counseling so the only way to get around a struggle in marriage is to work through it together Pretty good advice. A good reminder on the desk of Kurt Meyer. And that is The Buck Stops Here.
And of course, that is one of my favorite segments, as I say often. Another segment we've been doing for a long time now is talking about idioms. And you might wonder, well, why do you spend time talking about such an elementary topic? Well, let me answer that question. I'm glad you asked. We have a number of people that listen to our show that English is not their first language. It might be their second or third language. And because of that, they might not be familiar with the origin of a lot of the turns of phrase, figures of speech, colloquialisms, metaphors, things like that, that, that we use in American vernacular. And so these idioms, which are so common in our everyday vocabulary, uh, are not easily accessible sometimes to people that are English as a second language. And so from the Scholastic Dictionary of Idioms, Marvin Turban, over one million copies sold, uh, PC, one of our faithful listeners, gave me this book a while back, and I've been using this now. We've worked our way through the alphabet. I started with the letter A, and we're already to the letter N. We're finishing up N and starting on the letter O as far as idioms go. So thank you, PC. Here are some idioms that have to do with body parts. I'm not going to explain them all, but I'm just going to read them off. Achilles' heel, all ears, all thumbs, bite the hand that feeds you, bite your tongue, bleeding heart. Blood is thicker than water. Break a leg. Bury your head in the sand. Button your lip by the skin of your teeth. Cheek by jowl. Chip on your shoulder. Cold feet. Cool your heels. Cost an arm and a leg. Cut off your nose to spite your face. Cut your eye teeth on something. Down at the heels. Down in the mouth. Eat out of your hand. Eat your heart out. Elbow grease. Eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Eyes in the back of your head. Fight tooth and nail, foam at the mouth, get out of my face, get something off your chest, get the lead out of your feet, get under your skin, get your back up, get your feet wet, give your eye teeth for something, give your right arm, grit your teeth, hand to mouth existence, have your heart in your mouth, head and shoulders above someone, head in the clouds, head over heels in love, heart's in the right place, hold your tongue, jump down your throat, keep a stiff upper lip, keep a straight face, keep your body and soul together, keep your chin up, keep your ear to the ground, and keep your fingers crossed. Those are all body part idioms. Let's talk about a few that begin with the letter O. Off the beaten path means not well known or used, unfamiliar location, unusual or different. In the 1600s, when this idiom was first used, there were many dirt roads. As people walked the road, uh, walked or rode over them, the paths were beaten down by feet, horses' hooves, wagon wheels, etc. They looked well used. But if something was off the beaten track or path, then few people had traveled that way. We now use the expression to describe anything unusual, not often used. Off the top of your head. Think about this. If you were just learning English and someone said off the top of their head, it might not make any sense to them. Or maybe you've been saying this your whole life. You didn't even know what it meant. In the middle of the 20th century, Americans started using this expression. Thoughts come... Uh, from your brain, which is on the top of your head. So if you blurt out facts quickly without having to think about them, then you're talking off the top of your head as if right out of your brain, kind of like live till five. We could be off the top of our head till five. Off the wall. In handball, racquetball, and squash, a player hits the ball against the wall. When it comes off the wall, you don't always know where it's headed or what it's going to do. Some word experts think that that's how this new expression, which describes unpredictable people or odd behavior, may have been thought up. So it's off the wall. So you're going to like play it off the wall. 
off your rocker. People have been using this phrase since the mid-1800s. Rocker in the idiom refers to a rocking chair, and there are at least two different theories about how being off your rocker came to mean crazy. If you fell off your rocking chair, it was a sign of being mentally unstable. Rockers are also two curved pieces upon which chairs rock. Rocking chair with a missing rocker moves strangely, like a person who's thinking is mixed up. Other expressions with similar meaning are off your nut and off your trolley. Old hat. In the late 19th, early 20th century, when this phrase became popular, men and women wore hats much more than they do today. Most people wanted to keep up with the latest styles, and old hat was no longer fashionable. Old hat means out of date, not new, too familiar, or uninteresting. We hope that Live Till 5 never becomes old hat to you listeners. An old wives' tale. This is another one that people might say, but never have thought about what it means. Kind of like when people pray and ask God to bless the hands and prepare the food. What does that even mean? Anyway, back to the thing. Old wives' tale. The idiom has a long history. Plato, not the um, semi-edible children's uh, dough. Uh, Plato, the famous Greek philosopher who lived around 300 BC, first used this phrase. In the 1300s, it appeared again in English. Then Erasmus, a Dutch scholar, put it in his writings in the 1500s. The old wives in this idiom refer to people during the olden days who gave advice based on superstition. Some examples of these tales were feed a cold and starve a fever, don't touch a frog or you'll get warts, and it's bad luck to walk under a ladder. Basically, an old wives' tale is a superstition, a belief or practice not based on fact. On a shoestring. No one today is quite sure about the origin of this idiom, although we know it started in America in the late 1800s. A shoestring was what we call a shoelace today. Perhaps the writer who first used the expression was comparing a tiny amount of money to a piece of string like a shoelace. To be on a shoestring means to be on a strict budget with very little money. On cloud nine, though this saying comes from the late 19th century, nine has been a mystical number for thousands of years, back to the time of the ancient Greeks. The saying originally was on cloud seven, probably coming from the seventh heavens, the highest of the heavens in Jewish religious literature. Nine was then substituted perhaps because the sacred Christian number This is because three is the trinity and represents perfect unity. Nine would be a trinity of trinities, three times three. Other idioms that express great joy also suggest being up high on top of the world and walking on air. On cloud nine means blissfully happy or joyous. On pins and needles. This saying was first used in the late 1800s. When you're waiting nervously for something to happen, you sometimes feel as if you can't sit still like needles or pins sticking in you. A writer once said it's like being on pins and needles and the phrase stuck. The other expressions of nervousness are like butterflies in the stomach and on tenterhooks, waiting anxiously for something. A couple more here. Have you ever gotten on someone's case or has someone ever gotten on your case? This popular African-American idiom, case means business or current situation in life. You often hear or read expressions either as a complaint that someone is on your case about something or a demand that someone get off your case about something. To mean it means to nag, to be on someone's case is to nag, to find fault with, to badger or scold someone. On tinterhooks, we just used this a little bit ago, and I must say, I've been speaking English like my whole life, basically, and I've never said this my whole life. Tinterhooks, T E N T, like tent, E R. H-O-O-K-S, on tenterhooks. 
in the mid seven. This sounds like a Dutch phrase to me, but I'm just guessing ahead here. Uh, mid 1700s, when the saying originated, tinter was a frame for stretching newly woven cloth. The tinter hook was the hook uh, on or bent nail which held the cloth to the tinter. At that time, a person who was worried sick, not knowing the outcome of the situation, was said to be on tinter hooks, meaning their emotions were stretched out tensely. Later, the phrase became on tinter hooks, which expressed even sharper, more intense feelings. Uncertain, anxious, very tense, painful suspense on something, how something will turn out on tinter hooks. I might start using that. On the ball. The thing originated with British football, which we call soccer. Could also be said that a person is on top of things. Also, in the all-American sport of baseball, the pitcher who is able to get something on the ball, like great speed, would be more likely to win the game. On the ball means to be alert or effective. Three more. On the cuff means on credit, to be paid later. Now, I have heard this uh, before. The expression probably came from the days when bartenders in old saloons would wear stiff cuffs and detached at the end of their shirt sleeves. When the customers wanted to pay for their drinks at a later date, the bartender often wrote the charges down on his cuff. There is another similar idiom, off the cuff, that has a totally different meaning. So on the cuff means on credit to be paid later. On the double means very quick. It's an old army command. person in charge wanted the soldiers to march twice as fast. He'd holler, on the double, or double time march. And then finally, on the fence, the popular expression from the early 1800s make you think of a person actually sitting on a fence, body right in the middle, not completely on one side or the other, with one leg dangling over each side, like Humpty Dumpty. Neutral, undecided, not choosing one way or the other is on the fence. And those are our idioms for today. Now it is 3.46 p.m., and we're going to take one more short break in this hour and uh, have a little Our Daily Bread and then Proverbs 31 and answers with Ken Ham, and then we'll come back and we'll wrap up the hour with this day in history, not with Lawrence Nagengast, but instead with Sebastian Basildua. So you stick around. We're going to have a little more live till five after this short break. with a little more live till 5, 3.52 p.m. on Friday, March 10th. And now it's time for This Day in History with Sebastian, who's filling in for Lawrence. Lawrence is on a plane, probably in the air, China Air, on his way to Bangkok, Thailand. And because it is March 10th, Sebastian, what happened this day in history? Well, this day in history, I actually... I was reminded of the uh, the Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you said uh, this is their week. Yes, okay, Girl week. Scout week and Campfire week. Yes, it reminded me of a just a, a quick little funny story. How um, uh, my friend he went to college, and sometimes in college you get these funny little things that you do that you don't you normally wouldn't uh, grow like anywhere else. Right. But um, apparently they had this thing called Manchester, where if uh, if someone says they're going to do something. But they don't. They're not actually serious about it. Someone can call Manchester on them. Okay. And what that means is 
if they don't do that thing, they're going to get punched in the chest. Okay. Oh, I get it. Manchester. I, I got guess it. so. Got yeah. it. Got it. So my my friend, he had, he got these Girl Scout cookies, and he was like not very pleased with them. He's like, oh, I'm gonna drop kick the next Girl Scout I see. Oh no. <laughs> and then someone was like, Manchester. Oh <laughs> and no. He's like, okay. So does that mean I, um, I have to drop kick? The you next either Girl have to Scout t- get punched or. And he's like, no. That means if if I see a Girl Scout and I don't see you drop kicking her, I'm gonna punch you in the chest. <laughs> he's like, wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. I wonder how that turned I, out. I have no idea. But, yeah, anyway, sorry. That was just a little yeah. thing that it reminded me of. But so this day in history, uh, 1916, on this day, Germany declares war on Portugal. Hmm. Uh, Portugal had become a republic in 1910. And uh, let's see, just earlier that year in 1916, uh, they had made... Uh, they had honored an alliance with Great Britain by seizing the German ships anchored in Lisbon's harbor. Hmm. So uh, that's just a little bit of World World War One, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then bigger to me that is the 1945 firebombing of Tokyo. Um, I didn't really know about it too much until reading into it, but it was on this day U.S. warplanes launch a new bombing offensive against Japan dropping 2,000 tons of incendiary bombs on Tokyo yep. over the course of the next 48 hours. And uh, almost 16 square miles in and around the Japanese capital were incinerated, and between 80 and 130,000 Japanese civilians mm. were killed in the single worst firestorm in recorded history. Wow. And that's just, I, I mean, I try to think of that visually, how that would look, and that's just probably terrifying uh, seeing fire everywhere like that. And... um yeah, and, and it's also interesting to bring up because it was um, Air Force, the Air Force crews actually met on the Mariana Islands of Tinian and Saipan yep. uh, for the military briefing. Yep. And they actually had, these bombers had their their guns uh, stripped except for the tail turret <laughs> so that they could carry more. But, wow. uh, yeah, so that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and then the big the big uh, story for the day is 1959, Barbie debuts. Whoa. Yes. Um, 11 inches tall with a waterfall of blonde hair. Uh, Barbie was the first mass-produced t- toy doll in the United States with adult features. The woman behind Barbie was Ruth Handler, and she's the co-founder of Mattel, uh, with her husband in 1945. And she came up with this idea after seeing her young daughter ignored the baby dolls that, that they gave her and instead play with paper dolls that she made up with make-believe mm-hmm. uh, of adult women. Hmm. And that's, this is where she realized the importance of this niche or that there's a market for this. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. And then finally I have here in uh, 1985 uh, is the first Adopt-A-Highway sign goes up. And you know, you see them all. I see them all over in the states. I don't know. Is there any adopt a highways on Guam? There are. There, there are. are. Yeah, you can adopt different sections of different roads and stuff. The Rotary Club will adopt an area, or the military, and they'll keep it clean. Mm, yes, because it was on this day in 1985 that the first one went up, and it was inspired by a year earlier. A guy had uh, seen a a truck that was driving along that was just tossing. It, it, there was garbage just flying out of it, you wow. know, and and landing everywhere. So. Uh, um, he wanted to take the initiative and, and start by asking the community to adopt parts of the highway where they would uh, go and just clean it up themselves and, and represent it. And yeah. So that was this 
this day in 1985. So that's all I really saw for this day, really. Yeah. Uh, all the interesting things that really stuck out to me. Sure. Uh, well, a couple couple big ones there. So thank you very much for yeah. preparing that. I appreciate that. Of course. And uh, so we have about two minutes here. What are you doing this weekend, Sebastian? Well, it's going to be an extended weekend, I think, because spring break next mm-hmm. week. So I'll get a couple mm-hmm. extra days. And I don't know. I'm going to keep uh, working on my... Uh, 3D modeling skills, I guess. And yes. Maybe just hang out with some friends. You know. Cool. Nothing too intense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Going to do any uh, cooking or anything like that? <laughs> no, just uh, maybe maybe do some isolated testing on on that video I made. Yeah. Yeah. You know the muffin man. Yeah. Video. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I, I think that the muffin experiment. What What is the official title of your video? It's called the Muffin Challenge. Muffin Challenge. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna probably roll that out in a church service, and then after that, you could put it up on Facebook, yeah, yeah, and everyone can see yeah. it. So yeah, I I I watched it. I thought it was very well made. Thanks. Good job. Yeah. So. All right. Well, hey, have a great weekend, Sebastian. Thanks. And uh, for our listeners, we have a whole nother hour of Live Till 5 coming up in just a minute. But in honor of International Bagpipe Day, we're going to finish out this hour with a replay of Ye Jacobites by Name, which is a famous bagpipe song. Now, uh, Scotland the Brave would be my first choice, but I didn't have that in my queue. So we're going to listen to this one as we wrap up this hour. Thanks for listening to the first hour of Live Till 5. Again, second hour is coming up in just a few minutes after the news with SRN. We do rebroadcast the show in its entirety Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. So listen to us on 88.1 FM, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on the rebound or go to khmg.org. And you can listen to the whole show on podcast. You can listen to it at your convenience, or you can listen in real time. number of different ways to listen through our website. Just check it out, khmg.org, and let us know you're listening. Harvest Family Radio is on Facebook. Find Harvest Family Radio, like us, and then uh, leave us a comment. What do you like about the radio station? What do you like about the different programs we produce? And uh, you are listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Stick around for SRN News. with a little more live till 5 it's our second hour 404 p.m if you're listening to our live broadcast here on 88.1 fm khmg harvest family radio broadcasting high atop the campus of harvest ministries from the worldwide headquarters of khmg 88.1 fm harvest family radio glad you're with us today you can always catch the show on the rebound noon to two saturdays 7 to 9 p.m sunday nights Glad you're with us today. This is episode 207, and uh, here in studio with me is all-around good guy and station manager with the cold, Chris Harper. 
I don't so. know if I sound better or worse with a cold. It sort of takes away the rattle in my voice. That mm-hmm. I've explained before, but uh, but I said it sounded. I was listening to one of the shows I had to voice yesterday, and I thought, who is that guy doing that yeah. show? And it adds like a little uh, extra bass into does it? you know into the right. Yeah, yeah it's well, kind good. of mixing a little bass in there. So yeah, I, I'm finding more and more that I come to this new segment with kind of an agenda. Uh-huh. And it has okay. something to do with uh, what happens during the week and then things I'm interested in. Yep. And so today I've got a little news of just some some things. Uh, is Alaska involved anywhere in the uh, news? Alaska is not involved in this news. OK. Segment. All right. OK. No, no. It's, I know the Iditarod is going on right now, right? Yeah. The Iditarod yeah, okay. going on, although I downplay the Iditarod. Because I like the other races right, that are more right. The Yukon so, One Thousand or whatever yeah, the Yukon Quest. I Yukon totally Quest, have yeah. an agenda. I yeah, just sure. have it. I mean, you that's know, okay. It's just, as long as you disclose that, then yes. you are a reliable journalist. <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly. Like... We know you're totally sold out. You know, to right. certain things, and that's fine. This is like it reminds me of the uh, sports journalist who is a fan of a team or yeah. whatever. Like, can't help yourself. Exactly. It's yeah. just you, yeah. there's nothing you can do about yeah. it. So, you're, you're, if you're wearing the jersey while you're doing the broadcast, everyone kind of knows at least you know who you're rooting for. So, yeah, well, at least it's not about politics or uh, yeah. anything like yeah. that. It's oh, yeah. it's uh, d- sled dog racing. I don't think will offend our listeners. No, uh, no. at this point, no, no, no mushers uh, no. on our in, in our listening <laughs> audience. Really. That would be. F- that would be great to find out if Guam has any dog mushers. And I, what I mean by that is someone who's done dog mushing yes. in the past or something yes. of that nature. Right, right. Anyone. Yeah. And and I know we have a lot of people that PCS here in the military from Alaska. So it's possible someone may have right. tried their hand at it. Yeah. So we'd love to hear from people. If they go on Harvest Family Radio's Facebook, let us know if you've ever been a dog musher. If you have and you got on Harvest Family Radio, I'll give you a free drink at the Hub. Nice. Yeah, That's with great. extra whipped cream. Right. Well, um, this is what I mean by agenda. So what happened, I'm, I'm doing this thing on social media. Um, I'm taking a new photograph every day. It's called the 365 yes. Project. Yeah, I've seen those. Really and good I'm, ones. I've been taking a photo every day. And it's just for creative, like it helps you with your creative, you know, thought processes mm-hmm. and stuff. So uh, one day I took a picture right out here in front of the church of a brown tree snake. Really? Yeah, there's a brown tree snake. We're out on one of these trees out here. Oh, so I took did a, someone come in and tell you there was a? I mean, how did you spot that? It just I was leaving church at night. I saw a snake on the tree. Wow. Like our our headlights hit the snake. Okay. So I took a quick picture of it, and then it and then it slithered away immediately. Went to the top of the tree. So anyway, so I'm looking at some of your pictures right now as you're speaking. These are good. Yeah. So so the deal is there. That um, when I posted that on Facebook, my sister-in-law said, you should have killed that snake. Be- I didn't really have a chance to kill it, to be honest. Right, yeah. I, but, you should have rammed the tree with your car. Yeah. I don't, anyway. <laughs> so so she was commenting on that she's been reading about how the brown tree snake is obviously, we know that here on Guam. But yes. then this week, in conjunction with that, I saw on the BBC... It, this is on March 8th, so this is just yes, what two days ago now, but it was really yesterday because this was uh, UK time, but um, uh, a science and environment story all about invasive snakes threaten forest on the Pacific island of Guam. And so I just want to read this to you because um, this is coming not from any sort of Guam news source. This is an international story. So uh, brown tree snakes, which have wreaked havoc among bird populations, 
on the Pacific island of Guam may also be damaging the forests. Scientists say that the slithery invaders' dietary habits are preventing the spread of tree seeds by birds. Researchers say the growth of new trees on the island may have fallen by up to 92%, which I had no idea it was that bad. The losses may have grave long-term consequences for forests and other species. These dull brown creatures with their bright yellow underbellies are believed to have arrived in the western Pacific Island by cargo ship after World War II. Although only 50 kilometers long or 10 kilometers can't be kilometers. Oh, the, it's the island. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about the snake. And the, that the would be kilometers. one big That's snake. That's a big snake. Uh, Guam is now home to around 2 million of these nocturnal predators. The snakes have thrived on a diet of local bird species, which is why we know we don't have the birds. Uh, by the 1980s, they had wiped out 10 of 12 forest bird species that are native to Guam. Um, this is a quote from Professor Haldry Rogers of Iowa State University. He says, it's a really eerie feeling to spend a day by yourself in the jungle on Guam. Now, I haven't noticed that because I haven't spent much time in other jungles. Right. But I've spent a lot of time hiking around. I, I noticed I was in Hawaii two weeks ago today, yeah. two weeks oh, yeah. ago today. I woke up in the morning to the sound of many different yep. tropical birds. I noticed the same thing when I was in Hawaii a few months yep. ago. Yep. Birds everywhere. And right. big birds, small birds, right. colorful birds. And they're all noisy. They're all yeah. beautiful. I mean, I'm sure if you're from there, maybe it's not as beautiful, but when you're it's absent from your life, it's it is very, very melodic. Yeah, there was a bird I was at a little outdoor cafe type thing and there was a there was these cool birds that came right in. And we're like pecking at the, whatever mm-hmm. the scraps that were left behind. But anyway, so this is what he's saying is that when you go to the jungle in on Guam, it's eerie. He said when you're on Saipan, there is constant bird chatter and you get visited by all manner of different birds. But on Guam, it's silent. As well as the silent destruction of the bird population, researchers are now concerned that the tree snake's rise will significantly impact island forests. Professor Rogers and his colleague found that 70% of the trees on Guam produce small fruit. Normally, birds eat the fruit and then distribute the seeds in their droppings. So it's a significant problem. Aside from fruit bats, which are nearly extinct on Guam, same reason, I think, nothing else can disperse those seeds. If you get rid of the birds and the bats, there's nothing to replace them. The the scientists said that these seed baskets under two common tree species on Guam, um, they set them up to estimate how much of the fruit was naturally dispersed. Only 10% of the seeds made it out of the immediate vicinity of the trees. The researchers also concluded that seeds that had passed through the digestive tracts of birds were two to four times more likely to germinate than those that had not. A team calculated that the absence of bird reduced the abundance of new seedlings of two tree species on Guam by 61 and 92 percent. Wow. So this is a, a pretty serious problem that's being studied not just by folks here on Guam who are obviously concerned about it, but it's making international news. And I, I did a little search just just a few moments ago about some more. And there's there's other people covering this as well. So I just thought that was interesting that I saw that uh, international news sources were covering this and yeah. universities in the before in the we moved here well. in 2002 in 2001, we were watching our children were very young at the time, like two, four and seven years old. Yeah. And they um, 
they were showing a, a show on Animal Planet about it was um there used to be a show about dog breeds. It was a really cute little show, and every they'd feature a different breed every episode. So this episode was about Jack Russell Terriers. Right. They were talking about how they're really good companions, high energy, and then they showed them with customs officers in Guam looking for snakes. I guess Jack Russell Terriers are very sensitive towards snakes, and so they actually use Jack Russells to find snakes that maybe might be trying to get into shipping cargo containers, things like that. And then they were talking about the ecological disaster that has happened because of the snakes in Guam. Yeah. But, of course, they don't want to create a secondary ecological disaster by bringing in uh, mongooses or whatever like they've done yeah. in other places where they create a secondary problem. So, And I guess from what I was told, and I don't know, I've, just some people told me that they had tried other things like a bounty and all that, and that didn't work because people tried to cheat the bounty in different right, ways. Right, and, right. and so there's there's been a lot. Of, and then when I first got here, I remember hearing the news about how they were dropping yes. um, mice. You know, mice and trees and eaten, things. Uh, aspirin or Tylenol, and then the snakes eat that, and then they yeah. get poisoned, basically. They can't handle the the Tylenol I believe but right. yeah they were they they got a large amount of money to do that little experiment I, right. but I haven't heard much of the results from that yet so yeah we'll see obviously well, if we have snakes in our parking lot that means they're still here yeah and I I have only seen that's the fr- I've been here almost two years and that's the only one I've seen alive I've seen some dead ones but that's the only one I've seen alive but um, I'm going to do a couple more stories sure, here. And sure. then I'm also going to do some news from KHMG as oh, well. Oh, great. Great. So I um, let me let me go to a couple of things here just that are making the top stories. I didn't hear this on the SRN news break at the top of the hour, so I just wanted to comment on this. FBI Director James Comey on Thursday met with senior congressional leaders, including the Intelligence Committee chiefs, FBI, and congressional officials. The officials declined to discuss the subject of Comey's meeting with a group of leaders known as the Gang of Eight. You probably remember them from different um, battles in the past, especially on immigration. The U.S. President Donald Trump has alleged that President Obama wiretapped his election campaign. The Gang of Eight, who have routine access to highly classified materials, include House of Representatives Speaker Paul Ryan, Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi, Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunez and its top Democrat Adam Schiff. Senate members include Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, and the top Republican and Democrat on the Intelligence Committee, Senators Richard Burr and Mark Warner. The House Intelligence Committee on Wednesday asked the Justice Department in a letter for copies of documents which, if they exist, could shed light on Trump's allegation. A law enforcement source said the Federal Bureau of Investigation was in discussions with the National Security Division of the Justice Department on how to respond to public and congressional inquiries about the existence or non-existence of such eavesdropping. That was a huge story this past week when uh, uh, the president tweeted out that Obama had uh, wiretapped uh, Trump Tower in New York. So that's ongoing. We have not heard the last of that one. We have not heard the last of that one. Uh, Crews scrambled on Thursday to restore power to more than 200,000 customers who lost electricity service when hurricane-force winds toppled trees and utility poles across much of western New York. Now, this is not the—New York is not the only place to have this problem. Throughout the Midwest, they also had a lot of high winds. 
Uh, officials at three utilities said it will be days before customers in some stricken areas get their power back on, making the repair work more urgent because of an approaching cold front that is expected to bring snow, more high winds, and temperatures plummeting into the 20s and teens. It looks like about 127,000 homes near Rochester, New York, and in that area are without power and they're just hoping to get that back before the big winter storms hit in that area. So a pretty serious issue there. Uh, I'm going to go on to some KHMG news. This is the perfect place for that. (laughs) So uh, we did some, we've done some changes. Some people have noticed them. We've done some changes to the schedule. I see them as pretty minor changes in that we haven't made major shifts in. Are these changes that like someone that normally like curls their hair to a certain show, now you move the show and so they're coming to work with uncurled hair? I hope not. Okay. I hope not. But the one in the morning that was a change Mm -hmm. at 7.45 a.m., I know some listeners who listen right Uh, at that time. That is their... Their that's daily their, constitutional their, listening, yes. Right. So uh, that the the guidelines that used to be there, which was a short program by Harold Sala, has moved to the evening, and that's on at nine fifteen in the evening. Now we thought he fit better a little bit in the evening, and we moved uh, Ron Hutchcraft to seven forty five okay. a.m. Not a huge change. No, about the same no. uh, same amount of time. Go ahead and curl your hair. Up. Right. Just to Ron Hutchcraft. Just curl your hair to Ron Hutchcraft. The one that's the big one, though, that we added and that I'm very interested to get some feedback on is Lamplighter Theater. Yes. Yes, I was listening to that the other day. Now, about for about three years, as far as I can tell, um, Lamplighter Theater has been saying they are going to go to a daily program. So a lot of people were really excited about it at the beginning. Radio people. A lot of secular stations even carry this show as well. Um, But... Because uh, it's a explicitly Christian show, but uh, anyway, so so it sort of went on and on and on, and they never, we never heard anything about it, and so you kind of forget about it. Then all of a sudden, one day here, a few a month or so ago, I get a I get a message that says we're finally going to a daily, and so I said I want to be one of the first to sign up for Absolutely. that. So we signed up for it, and it's on at five thirty in the afternoon. Great. Um, I've heard some feedback on that. This is my goal with that one. That's a very, very well done show. Professional actors, usually from England. Um, the stories are really compelling. Um, and that's one of those shows that, and we've already done this, is that you're listening to it on the way home or on the way to somewhere. And you're so compelled by this story is that you wind up sitting in front of the house for a few extra minutes trying to get a little more of the show before you go in because you want to hear what happens. And so that's kind of the hope on that one. I hope people are following the stories. Yes. I think they're compelling enough to do so. So that that really is the biggest change we've made. There's a few things on the weekend that we that we switch their times. Um, Wisdom for the Heart. We now have the weekend program for Wisdom for the Heart. And I didn't even know they had a weekend program. Yeah, they have a weekend Great. show. And so that, that's been on for a couple of months. And we've just uh, switched that around a little bit. And then um, I think the only other thing we did is add a second airing of Bob Shelton on Sunday because Sunday is kind of sparse, to be mm-hmm. honest. So, mm-hmm. And then the 7 a.m. hour on Saturday morning, we made some changes to um, our Ranger Bill and a visit with Mrs. G are now in the 730 hour. I think Ranger Bill was at 630 for, before. Yep. So my, 
relatively minor changes. Sure. But if you were a listener at 6.30 a.m. and you love your Ranger Bill, you'll just have to uh, listen at 7.30. Right. Just so make your oatmeal a little later. Well, let me ask you. So yeah. you're a former Moody radio guy. Yes. Not like Moody, like, you know, he's sad one day and angry one day, happy one day, but no, Moody Radio that. Network. Yes. So, yes, from yeah. Moody Bible Institute. And so Ranger Bill... Produced by Moody, right? In the 60s. In the 60s. Yeah. So I grew up listening to that. Once my parents became Christians, we became big Christian radio folks, you know. Yeah. And then, um, so I would listen to Ranger Bill. And then it seemed like a couple years later, they started airing Sailor Sam. Okay. Now, it's the same voice actors. All of them are. All and, their shows are. And instead of Black Wolf, it's uh, Gray, Gray Wolf. Or so. It's... So each character actually has so the Ranger Bill series and the Sailor Sam series to me seem like the exact same series, just a slight retelling, a nautical version of the stories with different character names, but basically the same character actors. I mean, everyone same character uh, yeah. voices and stuff like that, and it's the same people you hear in the uh, Moody Bible Institute's uh, stories, stories of, of great Christians. Christians. It's all the same same people. So yeah, so the guy who plays Gray Wolf is the MC voice of stories of great Christians right. and stuff like that. So, so which came first, Ranger Bill or Sailor Sam? Do you know? Uh, well, Sailor Sam no longer exists. I mean, that one's okay. not one they can they continued with. And I know that I enjoyed Ranger Bill, that. It was slightly different because of the nautical. It yeah. kind of added a different element to it. Yeah, Ranger Bill lasted. And what actually happened is when I was this makes me sound pretty old here, but in the in the mid nineties. They tried to just dump Ranger Bill. And this is talking in the mid-90s. This was a lot of years ago. They said, we're no longer going to distribute Ranger Bill. Well, there was an, uh, an outcry. Sure. Because it hadn't been produced in right. 15 years or right. 20 years. Right, right, And there was an absolute outcry, and all the stations wanted to continue to carry Ranger Bill. To this day, most of the bigger Christian radio stations still carry Ranger Bill and Stories of Great Christians. Yep. All made in the sixties. Yep. Sailor Sam. People have told me about that one. I have yeah. never personally heard the that. The opening you would you would find it very entertaining because the opening instead of Ranger Bill, the right. opening is Sailor Sam. It's oh. it is. I mean, yeah. even think about it. It's a two syllable word followed by a monosyllabic name. I mean, it's the exact same format. Yes. yes. They just tweak the story. So I don't know if it came like ten years prior or ten years after, but I don't. Know. It was it was good. I mean, it was it was worthwhile. Um, I mean, I still like to listen to it when I hear it. The stories I like it. are it's still entertaining. good. I mean, you know. Well, on Saturday mornings, if I'm running errands early, yeah. I yeah. love listening to that. It's hokey, but it's one of those hokey things yeah. that you don't mind it being he hokey. He saves that town every week. I mean, there's yeah. like every week, yeah. you know, the, the dam is going to break or there's, uh, you know, TNT was you know, was stolen or, you know, there's someone digging for archaeology, whatever. But yeah, every week they they save the day, which is really good. But it's very character oriented. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you if if you enjoy that genre, it's great. Yeah, you know if you think that's too hokey, then you know there's probably a modern audience that doesn't understand that. But boy, I sh- I sure enjoy it still. I mean, yeah. not just because it's nostalgic; it is very entertaining. The kid, the kid, and the kids love it. Yeah. And I like listen. I like stories of great Christians. Yeah, a lot of times I've heard those shows for years and years. Yes, right. But I still learn stuff about people from the past that I didn't know. So when I when I was growing up as a teenager, I'd come home, I'd listen to stories of great Christians. Right. 
Then I listened to the listening post, and yeah. it was a it was a a lady who read the listening post. I'm trying to okay. remember. She read like all the Sugar Creek Gang and the yes, um, the, uh, you know, th- stories like that. You know, yeah. a lot of more like little Christian um, uh, fiction. And then there was uh, the show that Mike Kellogg did. I'm trying to remember the name of his, but it was also a story-oriented show. Yeah. And then he later on had a late-night show as well, or an evening. Uh, like yeah, Songs in the Night. Songs in the Night, yeah. yeah. But he, Mike Kellogg was a, had a, he would read Christian fiction or biographies, whatever. Right. So, I, you know, there was a solid two hours of programs like that yeah. um, that were really very entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think stories work. We we did a lot of preaching this past year. We we launched some new preaching shows. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of preaching on the station now, and I wanted to add some stories too. Cause stories mm-hmm. always work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anybody, any culture, listens to stories. Right. Any culture. Right. right. And st- a story is a story. You right. can be in any, you know, in any circumstance, any situation. So I thought I think these are are helpful. I think I'm always thinking about. How do we accomplish our mission, helping people develop a heart for God? These stories, I think, help do that because they, they tell you about things that happen to people and yep. their character through them. Um, a lot of times it's somebody has to show perseverance. Somebody has to have integrity, whatever the, the case is. But they, they tell you how to live you know, right, right. by the story, the narrative. So I think, I think they help us with our our, accomplish our mission, help people develop a heart for God. That's the mission sure. of Lamplighter yeah. uh, Ministries, as they say, to to, um, to develop Christ-like character one story at a time. Yep. yep. So I think it, I think they're helpful. Well, so. and not everyone is going to read as much as they ought, sure. you know, but they will listen to a biography, they'll listen to a testimony, they'll listen to a fictional story but that has a spiritual lesson to it. Sure. And uh, it's valuable. I think it's a valuable part of it. So I think that's why Unshackled is still going, because people love listening to stories. You know, teenagers here lately have asked me about when is Unshackled on. Mm. And I'm thinking, wow, this is great. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I was glad to hear that. Um, some kids that come on the bus to church and they were asking yep. about what time that airs. Yep. And so they want to, they want to turn their radios on. At that Absolutely. Time, so. That's why I like uh, awesome. free indeed so much because it's a, uh, it. it's unshackled, but it's a nice short little yep. version of it. Kind of gets you like a, just a short testimony. Yeah. Of really good stuff. So yeah, great. Well, great. Chris, I appreciate you, uh, giving us the news, giving us update on KHMG and, uh, chatting about the biz. Yes. Christian radio. Absolutely. So, all right. Have a great weekend, Chris. Listeners, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, a little stranger than fiction, some numbers by the numbers out of World Magazine, and uh, talk a little bit about arts and entertainment. So stick around more live till five after this short break. And we're back with a little more live till 5, 4.31 p.m. on Friday, March 10th, here at KHMG 88.1 FM. Glad to have you with us. By the numbers, 
little section in World Magazine Dispatches. World Magazine, probably my favorite Christian periodical out there that's in print. A lot of good blogs and newsletters and things, but as far as print magazines, this one is tops. This is the March 4th, 2017 edition. World Magazine. Sometimes they'll just have little random things in there, including lists of numbers or statistics, people that have passed away. Matter of fact, now as I'm now I'm looking at who passed away this week. Oh boy, number of people I'm not real fam- real familiar with, but uh, by the numbers. Did you know the California Legislature is paying former Attorney General Eric Holder's law firm? to provide quote-unquote legal strategies against the Trump administration to the tune of $25,000 a month. California taxpayers are paying for that. A sad number here, 7% of Catholic priests in Australia are accused of abuse between 1950 and 2010, according to an Australian government inquiry. I was just talking to Pete Blake about that last week. $21.6 $21.6 billion is the number of the potential cost of constructing a U.S.-Mexico border wall, estimated in a government report leaked to Reuters News Service. $21.6 billion. 52, the number of overdose calls placed to emergency services in Louisville, Kentucky. Over 32 hours on February 8th to February 10th, almost all of them involve heroin. 52 overdoses in Louisville in 32 hours. Here's a positive one. All those were somewhat negative. This one's positive. 65 years. Any 65-year-olds out there? Well, if you're 65 years old or younger, you have not matched the length of Elizabeth II's reign as the Queen of the United Kingdom. The British monarch's Sapphire Jubilee arrived on February 6th. She's been queen for 65 years and counting. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. So, let's talk about some stranger than fiction stories here. Here's one. For years, doctors told Roger Logan, this is according to the quick takes in the dispatches section of World Magazine, Roger Logan, he was simply too fat. Turns out it was a misdiagnosis. The 57-year-old Mississippi man is now recovering after doctors in California removed a tumor that was 130 pounds. He'd been confined to an armchair because, uh, and he nearly despaired for his life, according to the article. But the doctor performed the risky surgery. And for the first time... Logan has walked again. First time in several years. How about this one? If the weapon had belonged to anyone else, airport security officials might have been less amused. A bronze-handled cane set off the x-ray machine at the Myrtle Beach International Airport in South Carolina when a TSA official took a closer look at the object. They discovered a sword hidden inside. The owner turned out to be an 80-year-old woman who was, who was intending to carry her walking stick aboard the plane, asked about the hidden weapon. The elderly woman gave a simple explanation. She had no idea there was a blade inside the cane, which her son had given to her as a gift years before. 
After giving up the dangerous cane to the TSA officials, the woman caught her flight. Wow. Yeah, I don't think the TSA officials would have been quite so kind. How about this? Some people find enough change in their couch to buy a soda, and there's Jonathan Humbert, British auctioneer, found more than $37,000 worth of precious metals, including gold coins and silver bars, in a suitcase under a sofa on January 25th in a home he was preparing to auction off. I went to pick it up, and it almost pulled my shoulder out of socket. It was so heavy, Humbert told the BBC. So I had to drag it out unceremoniously. The treasure's proceeds went to the unnamed Northamptonshire homeowner. Very interesting. Number of other good articles in this issue of World Magazine, but I want to move on to some other stranger than fiction stories. I call it stranger than fiction because oftentimes truth is stranger than fiction. Like this one here. You know, I, we don't talk much about politics here. We don't spend a lot of time. Actually, before I get to that, uh, my eagle is moving. I'm I'm watching on YouTube the Southwest Florida Eagle Cam. If you've never checked this out, kids, when you get home from church, if you're listening on Sunday night or if you're driving around, check out the Southwest Florida Eagle Cam. Now, it's not always on. Sometimes they'll turn it off if the eagle's not home. But the eagle in the in the live camera uh, shot right now is the baby eagle that I've been watching ever since right after it hatched. I didn't get on this in time to see it actually hatch, but you can go back and watch clips of that. But they basically have trained a, a, a remote control camera onto an eagle's nest in southwest Florida, apparently. And ever since these two eggs were actually laid, one of them did not hatch. This one did, and this little ugly bird that looked nothing like the mama and papa bald eagles has now grown to be a beautiful black crested eagle now i'm sure that eventually its head will turn snowy white like a normal bald eagle but i do remember it seems like it was pastor joe henson or someone telling the story about how um eagles they build these big nests and they line it with down and soft grass and twigs and things like that and then they lay their eggs and they take care of them and Eventually, as the bird gets big enough and it's almost time for the bird to fly, they'll start to pull the soft stuff out of the nest. Then they'll start to make the nest a little smaller and a little more uncomfortable. And eventually what it does is it kind of helps motivate the baby eagle to go out and try and fly on its own. And uh, so this eagle actually has taken some of its own first flights. So its first flight, I think, was about a week, week and a half ago. But uh, this camera has night vision on it, so you can actually see the eagle there at night. It's preening itself right now. Just interesting. I never thought I'd be interested in watching birds. But uh, when I was back in the States at Christmas time, I got a bird feeder for my mother-in-law's house and filled it full of bird seed. And then I just sit out there and watch as the cardinals and the different small finches and things like that would fly up. And then as I was standing there drinking my coffee early one morning, a huge hawk flew down and sat right next to the bird feeder, kind of establishing its dominance. Anyway, and so I've been watching the Southwest Florida Eagle Cam ever since. So check it out. Not everything on YouTube's worth watching. This happens to be, and it's very educational for you parents out there. So back to Stranger Than Fiction. Sorry for that little detour. This is from Reuters. Doctors and nurses are among the 94 hospital workers from Naples, Italy, who have been placed under investigation on suspicion of 
repeatedly skipping work. One supervisor at the Loreto Marie Hospital was instead found working as a chief in a hotel, while an on-duty doctor was spotted playing tennis and going shopping. Two health workers were caught clocking in 20 colleagues each day to make it look as if they were on the job. Police said 55 of the suspects had been placed under house arrest. There was no immediate comment from the hospital. In a bid to tackle shirkers in the notoriously inefficient public sector, the government signed into law last year a measure to immediately suspend people caught dodging work pending an investigation whether they should be fired. Managers who fail to comply with the new rules risk being fired themselves. But these are what you call people that ghost. They are supposed to be at work, but they aren't, but they're getting paid to be there. They're ghosts. Uh, when someone punches in a time clock for all their coworkers and their coworkers not there, that's called buddy punching. And that's why a lot of places you'll notice if you go to Home Depot, for example, I believe that their um, clock-in system is not a punch card that someone could do for a friend or a coworker, but it is actually a scan of your hand so that you cannot have buddy punches. <coughs> Excuse me. How about this one? I had read that article about the man who found the suitcase full of coins and silver bars and things like this. These were a little more obscure to find, but... These coins and objects were removed from a turtle named Amsen in Thailand. Piggy bank, that's what, that's what the name in Thailand means. The coins weighed 11 pounds and the turtle weighed 130 pounds. The green sea turtle living at a conservation center in Saracha Chonburi, east of the capital of Bangkok, had been finding it hard to swim normally because of the weight. The vets said they believe the seven-hour-long operation was the world's first such surgery. We think it'll take a month to ensure that she will fully recover. There was no immediate estimate on the value of the coins. Some of them foreign, many corroded. Basically, this big sea turtle has been swallowing coins for years, apparently, and had all those pounds of coins in his tummy, 11 pounds. Wow. How about this? I can see this. A parochial school, this is according to Fox News Today, a parochial school in Illinois isn't taking any chances that girls attending the prom will be dressed immodestly. So Boylan Catholic High School in Rockford recently issued a quote-unquote proper dress and dance policy to the student body for its upcoming prom with 20 of its 21 pages aimed at the girls' clothing choices. Among the key areas covered is dress length, neckline, and the slits, that might find their way into these prom dresses. What's more, the policy also states the sensitive topic of different types of body shaming and things like that. Police also come with stern warning. The policy also comes with stern warning. Guidelines will be strictly enforced. Students, including guests, not in compliance with the dress code, will not be admitted to the dance, and refunds will not be issued. There will not be any loaner clothing option. Dresses and attire reflect modesty as required. The rules for the boys are summed up in one sentence. Young men have been expected to wear formal evening attire, would include a tuxedo, suit or tie, sport coat, slacks with a tie. But the rules for the girls are extensive, and the article goes on to kind of give some of the illustrations of some of the rules. So this is a Catholic school, Boylan Catholic High School, 21-page booklet, most of it about 
girls, 20 pages for girls' modesty, one page for guys and basic rules. Here's an interesting one. I was just flying in from Hawaii a week and a half, almost two weeks ago. Hawaiian Air Airlines jetliner on a flight from Las Vegas to Honolulu was diverted to Los Angeles International Airport Wednesday after a passenger became involved in a dispute with a flight attendant over the prospect of being charged $12 for a blanket. The plane landed safely at LAX at 10.20 a.m. The 66-year-old man was interviewed by Los Angeles Airport Police, FBI agents, and then released without being arrested. According to the preliminary investigation, the flight had taken off from Las Vegas the man told the flight attendant that he was not cold, that he was cold, and he requested a blanket. But basically, they told me that would be 12 bucks, and he flipped out. Because back in his day, you didn't have to pay for a blanket. I get it. This one's an interesting one from Fox News, Field and Stream. Ohio man has been charged in two separate cases. For stealing a total of $3,800 worth of Walmart fishing equipment. Over back-to-back days last October, Derek Markham concealed the crimes by hiding equipment inside other merchandise. One day last October, Markham left Walmart with five plastic bins filled with tackle, tried to carry off two backpacks stuffed with lures from another Walmart the following day. He allegedly paid for the bins via self-checkout without paying for the stolen items inside. Pretty much uh, uh, cleared out the whole aisle of fishing gear. How did he make it out the front door? Markham was arrested for the backpack incident on the day of the theft, but the empty aisle case remained a mystery until police recently connected the two incidents. Backpacks totaled 1300 of fishing gear. The bin theft was 2500 So these fishing lures, you know, some of them are $10, $15, $20. I guess if you steal, you know, 20 or 30 items, uh, that adds up pretty quick. So... And it may be even more expensive stuff than that. Where were the workers? If you're interested in going to Walt Disney World, okay, Disney World, they're adding some things. For example, first off, they're adding more to the price. The annual price kicked up at the Walt Disney World earlier this month, affecting one-day tickets as well as multi-day passes. Be sure to buy tickets online before arriving at the park to save $20 as opposed to the front gate prices. So if you're going to go to Disney World, buy online. It'll save you at least 20 bucks. Guests can already hug Chewbacca face-to-face with Kylo Ren's Star Wars launch, but uh, The Force Awakens is going to have its own little part of town at Disney World. There are some new evening shows. The Wishes Nighttime Spectacular will be gone. Don't get too sentimental, though. The new never-before-seen nighttime show Happily Ever After will be replacing it. And it's supposed to be spectacular, according to this article. Rivers of Lights, Disney's Animal Kingdom, is finally open as well. Some new restaurants, Geyser Points Bar, Animal Kingdom Lodge, Jico, the cooking uh, place, will all be there. Plus some refreshed dining options in the Disney Springs. Two former downtown Disney restaurants getting a second life with overhauls. The Paddlefish, which is a seafaring, and then uh, used to be called Fulton's Crab House. And then there's there's some others here. But basically, Disney World's going through a little bit of an update. But it is going to cost you a little more, too. Now, last week, I talked a little bit about rednecks and hillbillies and things like that. And uh, 
I had read up on barbecue because I got to go to a number of good barbecue restaurants in the last few months. I've been back to the States twice. And uh, do you know that North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Kansas City, where I'm from, Kentucky, St. Louis, Maryland, Hawaii, Santa Maria, California, Louisiana, and Chicago all claim to be the best barbecue, and they all have distinctive tastes, distinctive styles. And maybe you as a listener, you have your favorite. Maybe you're from one of those places. And um, can we just all be agreed that Kansas City is the best? I mean, instead of going through all the details of how each one, their sauces and the way they smoke their meat and whether it's pork or beef, let's just start off with the fact that Kansas City does have the best barbecue. And then maybe we could discuss who's the second best, third best, fourth best, things like that. But uh, Kansas City, you know, of course, I might be a little biased because I'm from there, but I've eaten a lot of barbecue. If you look at me, you'll you'll definitely agree with that. But uh, yeah, Kansas City's the best. Out of all my travels, I still think Kansas City has some of the best barbecue. Now, I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about arts and entertainment, including ballet. So stick around. This is Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. 4.49 p.m. March 10th, Friday, if you're listening live. Rebroadcasting Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on The Rebound. More Live Till 5 after this. And we're back with a little more Live Till 5, going into the last 10 minutes of our two-hour program. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Ballet. Something I never really have paid much attention to. I've been to a few probably in my life, but uh, top 10 most famous ballets, according to this article. Swan Lake is number one. The Nutcracker. Giselle. A Midsummer Night's Dream. Sleeping Beauty. Cinderella, Don Quixote, Romeo and Juliet, La Bédère, Peter Pan. Those are the top ten most famous ballets. Many of those also became our, our children's stories. But the ballet I'd like to talk about right now is Ballet Magnificat. Founded in 1986, Magnificat is Latin to magnify him. It's derived from... Mary's song of praise in the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke when she first learned she was to be the mother of the Messiah. Ballet Magnificat is an arts organization dedicated to presenting the good news of Jesus Christ to the whole world. Our touring company, this is from them, have performed nationally and internationally ministering to audiences in the United States as well as the Czech Republic, Canada, Belize, Honduras, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Singapore, Germany, Netherlands, Slovakia, Poland, Belgium, Greece, France, Italy, Macedonia, Kosovo, and a host of other places. In their letter by Cassandra Vaborski, who is the trainee program director, she said, Our heart's desire is to be in that place where we can be of the most service to further his kingdom. We are grateful to be part of the body of Christ, and we pray that God will use our ministry to be a blessing. And Ballet Magnificat is coming to Guam. Now, I was able to talk to Sandra and one of the trainees, Ashley, and one of our own alumni, Christian Crawford, this week. And I recorded the interview. However, 
We had some technical difficulty, and I could not get the audio to work for the radio show today. I'm going to contact Christian and see if I can interview him again in a different way for next week's show. But let me just talk a little bit about it. First off, when I talk to them, they all have excellent testimonies. And their reason for being involved in this Christian ballet troupe is really ultimately to give opportunities to give the gospel to people, which I really admire. I'd encourage you to look them up. Ballet Magnificat, Ruth and the Arrival is what they're going to be performing here on Guam. Modern retelling of the story of Ruth from the Bible. And it's a traditional kind of a classical uh, representation, but a modern twist on it. And uh, they're doing this so that they can give a gospel presentation. They are going to be doing this at 6 p.m. April 1st at Sister Roberta Center at Mercy Heights, Perrysville, Tamooning. $20 general admission. Tickets are sold a number of different places, including Faith Bookstore and Harvest Christian Academy, the hub. And so I'd encourage you, this is going to be great. I never thought I'd be such a big fan of ballet, but this one's really neat. You know, the the way they dress is uh, very modest, and the, 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 the period clothing combined with clothing that is appropriate for the dancing, and it's the story is great. And uh, don't just take my word for it. Look them up. We're going to put a link on our Facebook page here at Harvest Family Radio. So those of you who have the opportunity to attend locally can check it out and uh, see for yourself. I would encourage you, after talking to Christian and Ashley and Cassandra, I just really was impressed by their testimony and what their desire is, why they want to have the ballet here on Guam. They're bringing it back uh, to Guam. Christian Crawford, being an alumni of Harvest Christian Academy, You know, it's neat to have one of our own come back, a son of Benny and Denise Crawford, and uh, he's given his life to this, and they're traveling on to China, I believe, after here, but uh, to be able to come through Guam for just this limited April 1st performance at 6 p.m. at Mercy Heights, and again, $20 for general admission tickets. You can get them at Faith Bookstore or here at The Hub, and uh, cash or check, please, but it will be a neat thing, and we're going to have a performance for our school here at Harvest Christian Academy. So check out Ballet Magnificat. Check them out on YouTube. They have some great videos. Go to their website, Ballet Magnificat, and uh, and uh, watch watch a little video clip of Ruth and the Arrival. And we're going to put up some links over the next two weeks so that uh, you can watch little clips of it, snippets of the, the program. But I'm, I regret that I couldn't play the audio from the interviews. But I can tell you that... Um, Ashley and Christian and Cassandra, uh, they're doing this for the right reason, and I think what they're doing is actually pretty cool. So I'm excited to be uh, be able to attend that and then to talk about it for other people as well, because we do want people to enjoy that. And um, it's a neat use of the arts, and uh, we want to make sure that uh, you guys know all about it so that we can... Uh, tell as many people about it as possible because they are going to be able to give out the gospel through this opportunity. It's kind of one of those unique opportunities that uh, I wasn't expecting. But on the other hand, God's bringing it here, so it's a neat thing. Now, instead of talking about more arts and entertainment stuff, let me wrap it up with this. Uh, we have the privilege here at Harvest to do a lot of neat things. But the one of the main things, the the thing that started it all here was Harvest Baptist Church. And I would encourage you, if you don't have a home, you don't have a family that you meet with, a a, a spiritual family that you meet with every week, I would encourage you to consider 
visiting Harvest Baptist Church this Sunday. 10.30 a.m. is our morning worship service. We have programs for all the kids, and we have adult classes at 9.30 you can come to. Just a lot of neat opportunities. If you don't have a church home, come visit us. We're located right here in kind of the edge of Barragata and Monglong Totomighty, uh, behind the mobile McDonald's off of Route 8. You just drive straight back. You can't miss us. You'll see our campus. And uh, we'd love to have you come visit us. And if you ever do come to something, and it's because of something you heard on the radio, let one of us know that you heard about it on the radio. But uh, Harvest Family Radio is an outreach of Harvest Baptist Church. That's how this whole thing started. And this Sunday, we have the privilege of having Pastor John Lewis preach this Sunday night, and he is the one who was kind of the impetus, the the original uh, idea person to get Harvest Family Radio started. He brought Harvest Family Radio to Guam. He hired the first uh, radio station manager, John Collier. He helped get all the equipment. He kind of carved out this area up here on the third floor of the campus for the radio station, and so we wouldn't be here today if God hadn't used Pastor John Lewis to help us, and now we're going into our 21st year. We're getting ready to come up on our 21-year anniversary here at Harvest Family Radio, and so we're excited to have Pastor John Lewis back here 6 p.m. Sunday night at Harvest Baptist Church, but I encourage you, if you don't have a church home, come visit us at Harvest. We'd love to have you. We'd love to get to know you, and uh, I'm the guy who does the announcements at the end of the service, so you can always come up and introduce yourself to me, Pastor Jared Baldwin. I'm just Jared on the radio here, but uh, you'll see me at the end of the service, and just come on down and introduce yourself and say hi. Let us know you're listening. Go to our Facebook page, whether you're a regular listener, whether you're a member of Harvest, whether you're someone from the school, someone from the community, just shoot us a quick note, if you would, on Harvest Family Radio. Let us know that you are listening. So Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. You can also go to our website, khmg.org, khmg.org. We love to hear from you. We love to know that we are being a blessing to you. And also on that website, khmg.org, there are a number of ways you can listen to all of our programs that we produce here locally. So check us out on the web, khmg.org. Go to Facebook. Let us know you're listening. Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. And then, of course, keep your your, uh, stereo dial tuned to 88.1 FM. And that's going to be it for our two-hour live local talk and variety program called Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's almost 5 o'clock on Friday afternoon if you're listening live. Catch us on the rebound noon to 2 Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night here on Harvest Family Radio as well. You're listening to KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Have a great weekend.